I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey guys, welcome to Steel Wars. I'm comedian Steel Saunders and I do love Star Wars. And each week we find someone of interest to talk about it with. Thus, if you do the math, this episode will cover the next four weeks because we have four guests, which is very exciting. From the Rogue Rebels, you would know him from Now This Is Podcasting, and his various times on the call-in show, whether as a caller or as a trusted voice, behind the beard and in front of the dreadlocks. That's where he exists, at Sal Perales. In that very, very small space between the beard and the dreadlocks. That's where I live. Do you feel trapped? I'm no. worried about you. No, that's, that's my home. You're like in this trash compactor of hair. Like a ninja just doesn't, you know, doesn't, doesn't seek out light. That's where they belong in the shadows. I belong in the dread beard area. All right. And if those were wondering if it was a uh, fake Sal Perales, he did mention ninja in the first minute of the podcast. So it must be him. Uh, also welcoming Liz Perales. How are you, Liz? Very well. Thank you. How often do you hear about ninjas in the house? All the time. Okay. Yes. And Axel, welcome. Hello. Hello, how are you? Uh, Good and yourself? I am very well. This is a very pleasant conversation we're having here. And our final Rogue Rebel is Lizzie Perales from the Star Wars Geek Girl podcast. Hi. And you just dropped your 100th episode. Yes, I did. And Zoe cried nonstop. How many times have you cried on the podcast? Not as much as Zoe. 50. (laughs) 50. I think, I don't know how many times I've, probably in the five regions, I've probably, I've probably logged in five cries on the podcast thus far. So see if you can find them. They're all exciting. Seeing a grown man tear up. It happens. Did you, did you have a teary weekend? We just, we just oh, finished I, uh, Star Wars Rebels, just wrapped up, and you guys were at the uh, finale. How did you go? Yeah, it was... It was exactly as exciting as you think it was. There were probably about as many tears as you think there were, uh, even for me. You know what's the worst, though? When you're in costume and you're in green and you have pain all over your face and you're crying and the combinations between your tears and the paint make you cry even more. It's painful. <laughs> That's how bad it was. It's, oh. a, it's a special mix of cosplay <laughs> sadness. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, she was, Hera was very upset that day. She, Hera's makeup ran a little bit when she was crying in the green. Well, being a single mom's pretty hard these days. So, um, <laughs> where am I? Oh, Hera. Yeah. <laughs> Stay in character, Liz. Stay in character. Uh, let's go right back to the start and then we'll work our way towards 
Star Wars Rebels and the Rogue Rebels, but we'll start with you, Sal. What's, what's your first memory of Star Wars? I believe that my first memory of Star Wars was going into the movie theater late to see the marathon like showing of all three. And I think by the time I remember walking into the theater and they were getting into the Falcon blasting off Mos Eisley. How old were you when you did that? I mean, I, I have no idea. That's like uh, all I can remember is the memory. I had to be what, two or three, maybe, you know, like, so, so we're talking like, like an 85 type screening that type maybe. of time. I mean, Return of the Jedi came out in 83. When did they start showing them all together? I don't know. They used to show it in Australia every school holidays. Hmm. And I'd love okay. it because you'd go in and it would be morning. And then when you'd walk out, it would be nighttime. As like a seven-year-old kid, it was like, take that day. I showed you. <laughs> <laughs> I <was> Productive. <laughs> I was in space all day. It was dope. Sounds good. Uh, what about you, Is What was your first memory? First memory, uh, well, I'm from Mexico, and I got here not too long ago. And so growing up, I didn't really have Star Wars. Okay, so uh, first memory is of finding an R2-D2 unit and not knowing what it was. And it kind of, I thought it was a trash can. So I used to play with it, you know, as in my Barbie's trash can. And then I moved over here, met Sal, and he introduced me to the movie. And so over and over, I was trying to work on my English. And so over and over, I would just be repeating Darth Vader's lines. Uh, I used to work as the manager, so that was my inspiration, and that's the kind of lines that I got. Nobody was shocked, though, but that, that was my, those were my lines. Okay, you must have been a very intimidating manager just reciting lines of Darth Vader. <laughs> a little. And so what, were you, uh, what did you f- think when you got here and Sal introduced you to the films that your little trash can was such a... Uh, he had other... Uh, assorted benefits to hang around with. Yeah, a lot of more, you know, gadgets and stuff. Uh, dude, I love R2. I mean, in my house, I have a, you know, a little small collection of R2s. Um, he just has so much soul for being, you know, a droid. But then again, I met Chopper and God, that Chopper is my hero. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's like R2-D2, but like with a lot of attitude. He's, so, yeah. uh, he, he's a grumpy one. I do like your little... Uh, curated r2d2 section do you have just you know just to make the circle complete do you have the r2d2 trash can no i don't yes i need that badly (laughs) uh what about you izzy what's your first memory which i i this is what interests me are these star wars families that they just bleed star wars into their lives so maybe you don't have like an original memory it was just like there like i don't have my first memory of santa santa was just there i think it was when my dad would buy me galactic heroes the star wars galactic heroes toys and i would play with them all the time but i'd have like these cooking pans and pots because you know i loved cooking as well and i would cook the galactic heroes in the pots and pans and how soon after that started did you take her to see someone (laughs) (laughs) showing these weird tendencies she's eating other humans uh we think she might be part ewok the uh what do you think the nicest out of all the things that get cooked in star wars what's the tastiest do you think i think 
I would use Ahsoka and Anakin a lot. It was really weird. What? <laughs> well, Anakin makes sense, right? Yeah. <laughs> Char broiled. Char broiled. Barbecue for life. Yeah, yeah. Get some of that cane sauce on him that you guys seem to love down here. Uh, so you never really had that. It was just there. It's like the sky or the wall. Do you remember your first wall? <laughs> no. no one does. No one does. There's so many of them. How could they? Uh, what about you, Axel? What's your first memory? I remember my my, my dad. Uh, he would buy, buy me the yeah 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 those. I remember I would play would play with them with 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 my with my dad. How, how did you guys meet, Sal and Liz? A romantic retail story. Ah. I was unloading trucks in a t-shirt. She was uh, not unloading trucks. <laughs> and then I would take the items from the truck over to close to where she was. And uh, one night, I believe we all closed together, and my house was the house that everybody would come drink at after work. It's got a truck guy's house, yeah! <laughs> yeah, so like, she was walking out, and everybody was like, well, look, there's your chance. It looks like she's walking home. So I was like, what? No, 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 no. Why'd you say, why were they saying there's your chance? Uh, you, because you everybody exp- already knew that I thought she was really, really cute. Ah, box boy. He's got something for yeah. manager girl. I was walking over with the dolly and everything. Just, hey, hand trucking around the neighborhood. How would you like to hear the word ninja for the rest of your life? <laughs> <laughs> Let me offer you something real special. <laughs> uh, so then I screamed out into the dark. Hey! You want a ride? And she screamed something else back, but, the, but it, in the dark it sounded like, <laughs> and then I took her home. I think she has a different version. Oh, what's your version? <laughs> Close enough, um, but when he dropped me off home, he basically said, and now I know where you live. <laughs> <laughs> Smooth move, Sal. <laughs> that was creepy. <laughs> so, how long after um, you sort of started seeing each other did Sal start um, Star Warsing it up in front of you? Was it an open secret, Sal? I never hit it. I definitely was more focused on the band and all that kind of thing back in the day. But uh, what do you like? Did I? Did we watch the movies straight away or what? Yeah, I guess so, yeah. Like, whenever we went on a date and we were just hanging out at your house, um, we had the movies. Whenever we went on a date? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) It was at Sal's house watching a video. I used to cook for her. I used to bring her lunch. Tuna helper. Okay. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, And then I learned tuna tuna helper with tapatio was what she really wanted. I just like hearing you say Tapatio in that accent. Like, so at the time you weren't that Star Wars-y. Like, you weren't, you weren't firing. I wasn't, we weren't into the, like, the costuming or anything like we are now. Okay. So we were, I was just, I was like a Star Wars fan, but I didn't have, you know, I still don't really have a lot of toys and I'm not so much of a collector. I really just enjoy the stories. So she came into my house and she saw, like, Star Wars books and Star Wars movies and that kind of thing, but it's not like I had toys all over the place or anything like that. It's like you've got a lot of media based around this trash can. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Did you like the trash compactor scene? 
finally a trash can in this whole thing. <laughs> um, wait, which one though? There's two. What's the second one? Plasma. No, we don't that, get to that, see it. That's not a scene, lady. That's not a scene. <laughs> don't pull out. Don't pull out your nerd card here. Come on. <laughs> Let's just. Not I get- did, but it was creepy. And then I read more about the actual creature, and I was like, "That is so lovely." Why was I afraid? Oh, uh, uh, did you read the forty stories or whatever? No, I haven't. Tell Dude, us. Dude, the like Dianaga story is really creepy. The opposite of what you're thinking, like. You know, like the whole movie, for 40 years we've been watching this movie and been like, okay, it's a little eyeball monster with tentacles that pops out and tries to pull people down. And then there's a story about how, how like empathetic and like, uh, like this creature, like the, it, there's, the story is from the creature's point of view. It's and a beautiful it's, creature. Yeah. It's, it's like, there's a lot to it. So what was he trying to do to Luke Skywalker <gasps> or her? It was a her. And it was almost as if like. The creature was very connected to the force as well. And the act. Oh, you're losing <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, I know. I saw that. As soon as I said that, I know Steel. <laughs> um, it was like a, a trial, like that connection between them was part of what would send Luke, like they were meant to meet. And that was part of what would send him on his way. Like, and then the creature also dies. Like when the Death Star explodes. Don't give it up. But we already know that part. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't. <laughs> Really need to he knows the Death Star beautiful. blows up. I think I'm going to have to read that book so I can then burn it. That would be great. <laughs> <laughs> sure, it's great. I'm just worried about this Dianoga having too much backstory. Don't worry. Well, okay, yeah. It's got a lot of backstory, but don't worry. It's not like a... It doesn't change anything. I know you don't like force things that meddle into other things. Mm-hmm. It's a lot more of the like tangential kind of force, like sensitivity, not power. Okay. So... Liz, when you watched the films the first time, like who was the character that you sort of like resonated with? Or was it Trashcan R2? Darth Vader. Darth Vader? Why is that? I just loved him. No wonder your kids are so scared of you. Right? Look at Lizzie there, trembling. (laughs) Any moment she could lose a wrist. (laughs) So why Darth Vader? Again, it was all about being able to learn the language and being able to speak and be able to pause, you know. And so I just liked that whenever he spoke, it was, you know, the intonation and the and the force where he was speaking, like anybody will stop and just hear what he was saying, you know. Yeah, he does have a good cadence. Mm-hmm. And James Earl, he can yeah. he can drop a syllable or two. Oh, yeah. He can deliver. <laughs> or having Star Wars help you learn English did you pick up any weird sayings that are Star Wars sayings or words? Are you calling people nerf herders down the street? Yeah, my wedding vows were like, um, I think I call you a scruffy looking nerf, nerf herder. Yes. What else did I call you? Uh, Probably a lot more. Crash landing. Uh, what else did I say? Some, like, everything was basically Star Wars. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> Who was your character when you were growing up? So? When I was growing up, it was definitely Luke. Yeah. You know, out of the like, you know, we, we only, that's all we had, you know, but Luke was like really, really cool. I always thought he was such like an, an earnest character. And I was never about like, like Han was cool, but I wasn't, there was nothing about Han that ever was like, oh, I want to be the cool guy. I always thought Luke was the dude. He's the one who's doing what's right. He's the like real kind of hero with the heroic qualities. So it was always Luke for me. Yeah. I always thought I was too much of a dork to notice that Luke Skywalker was a dork. Do you know what I mean? Like at the start, it was like, 
Yeah, of course you're going to ask what the light's flashing for in the morning, Falcon. I want to know. What about you, Lizzie? Who, who's your character? I liked Sice Noodles when I was little. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes, she does. She used to do the voice, like, really well. Can you do it? I can't do it Try anymore. it, try it. No. Try it. I don't know it anymore. Close your eyes and try it. No, I don't know Howling it anymore. Howling and that's work, baby. <laughs> Yeah, I can't. So where does he or she speak? Like in Clone Wars or something? Uh, yeah. and yeah, she speaks in uh, Hunt for Zero. The Voss episode. The, yeah, the Voss episode. And yeah, she's just, she was just really, really cool. Um, I don't know. <laughs> she was, uh, yeah, she was awesome. Yeah, that's so, uh, I've, I've asked a lot of people that question. I've never <laughs> had a, a Scythe's Noodles return. <laughs> Uh, what about you, Axel? Who's the you're like your favorite character or the character that you see the saga through? Um, this is hard. Uh, Lost Cat. <laughs> Fair. <All> right. <laughs> That's. I thought Size Noodles was good. Lost Cat is the best. I at Celebration Europe when they had those exclusive teddy bears. Like I often, like it's weird because I'm such a big gruff. Man, but anything squishy and teddy berry, I'm like, oh. <laughs> and I, I I lined up to get those little loth cats, and I was just overjoyed to have them in my so house. So you were asking about the movies, right? Yeah. Okay, not so much about the. You can, right now, I can tell you, Hera. Okay, like, no, you can like you yeah. don't have to. You can be more open minded than my closed minded questions. Gotcha. So <laughs> I would say probably Hera. Okay. She's just awesome. All right. Are you going to change yours now as well? Well, uh, well, Size Noodles was my favorite when I was little. Uh, I think now it Sabine. She's just really, really awesome. And with her new armor and haircut, she's just so cool. <laughs> <laughs> what? Does she change her armor? <sighs> yes, Steel. <laughs> so when did you start cosplaying, Sal? Um, I guess Voss started as a Halloween costume. I I was always like I said I was always into you the started as a Halloween costume person. Yeah, what a hack! That's it. That, I wasn't I wasn't even official, I'm gonna, dude. I'm gonna run you out of every convention that we're at. Get this, get this. I was wearing boots with shoelaces, dude. That's how bad it was. Oh, they don't have shoelaces in Star Wars. Mm-mm. Oh, uh, some of them do. Like uh, if you look at the Endor troopers, they have like little gaiters on top of shoelaces. But uh, for the most part, no. Okay. Uh, Jedi definitely don't. <laughs> They, they, you wouldn't expect them to. No. <laughs> but, but if uh, they did, they could lace up their shoes like super good. I'd like to see like someone force lacing up their shoes. It would be a good warm up. Like yeah. a good jet like that's a good Jedi meditation warm up. Excellent. In yeah. your empty room. Yeah. So what got you into it to start cosplaying? Oh, I had the like I had the uh the Voss. It was basically just like black clothes with like a little she made me a, a little cool cloak that we bought off a of pattern at Joanne's or something. And that was just my thing because I had found a comic book character that was a Jedi that also like kind of looked like me if I was like super, super, super buff as comics are wont to do. We did an event. I used to roll with a stunt team and we did an event where we did a live, a live. Uh, <laughs> yes, to, he did. Yes, I, he did. I have to stop you there. <laughs> We've had some amazing lines on the podcast over the years, but I used to roll with a stunt team. I, 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 I'm picturing... 
you all rolling like down the mall and you're all like just doing commando rolls if you showed up down to, to the food court if you showed up to practice that's not unlike what you would see for a warm-up <laughs> uh and this was like these dude they're called the emc monkeys if you youtube them you'll see lots of funny videos of people fighting uh some of those videos i scored but i also used to practice with them and we did um you know, we used to do like they like now they're working on, on on movies and TV shows and things like that. But back then we were just practicing and doing our own videos and working with independent uh, on films and stuff like that. So we were doing a live show at Frankenson's, which is like this local almost like only like nerd kind of swap meet. Uh-huh. So it's like around here and it only opens two days a week. But they have, you know, any pop you can get there, any like Legend of Zelda sword, any old school video games, Nintendo, Super Nintendo, all these old school like Star Wars toys. You know, that's where you go. Um, Sounds horrible. Yeah, it's great. He-Man, all that stuff. Mm -hmm. So we went there to do a live performance and it just so happened Saber Guild was there also doing a performance. So I saw them with their lightsabers and all of their lightsabers were custom. And I knew that because I had been looking for custom lightsabers and I recognize everybody's lightsabers because I'm, if you're doing Quinlan Voss and Quinlan Voss is a green lightsaber, the only green lightsaber you can find at the store is a Luke Skywalker or a Qui-Gon Jinn. What about that little stubby Yoda one? Too small. <laughs> um, so when I saw them with their custom sabers, I was like, hey, where do you guys get your lightsabers? And they were like, oh, you like, you guys were like doing this really cool show. That's awesome. You should join Saber Guild. We do lightsaber shows and do lightsaber costuming. And I was like, that sounds interesting. And my wife was also a part of another charity group that was doing stuff in LA, but she wasn't able to make it all the time because we live in OC. So she was like, hey, we can do this. And like, we can do it all as a family and it's closer to us. So she got involved and they were all excited to have a girl involved and they wanted, they wanted ninjas. <laughs> so we joined that's all part of the story which is half through okay okay uh, so okay so what happened you have that, my attention yeah so uh, it's not bad but um i've been doing a lot of volunteer work through the orange county paralegal associations artists in motion bunch of places right and so every single time i keep asking sal can you please come with me you'll have fun but normally what it is is literally you go into a warehouse and you box a bunch of meals for families so that's the kind of work that you do Mm -hmm. right and so sal didn't find that really interesting not ninja enough no no especially not at seven o'clock in the morning (laughs) so when ninjas are getting home are we allowed to are we allowed to throw the boxes at each other (laughs) no can Um, i tumble into the boxes can i roll (laughs) And so, you know, over and over, I keep asking him, and he wouldn't do it, and the kids wouldn't want to go with me either. And so when he saw that at Frankenson's, uh, you know, he tried to convince me. And so I was like, well, this might be the only way that I can get my family to do, you know, volunteer work together. She was the one who wanted to join because the girls were so intent on recruiting a girl that she got all their contact info, and she was recruited. And the dudes were just like, you can fight, right? Yeah. Okay. And they, they wanted me along for the fight, but they were trying to get her hard. And then she was like, let's do it. And I was like, sure, that sounds like fun. I'm down with this. See, but okay. Yeah. Uh, good point. <laughs> However, the only reason why I agree is because I know that was the only way that I'm going to get you in to go and do this volunteer work that I've been wanting for the family to do it. And so that's why I agree. And since then, we have visited hospitals. We have visited orphanages. 
We have made lots of children at libraries smile. Lizzie, what's your version of events at the Frank and Sons on that fateful day? <laughs> Do you have any recollections? Yeah, um, I remember my... No, I actually... Oh, don't give me that look. I actually do remember. Um, we were at Frank and Sons and Dad had done his whole stunts and there was the table group of just Jedi costumers. Can, can I just ask you, what was your favorite of your dad's stunts? Just when he's rolling around. Because, like, it looks like a really hard floor. It is. And I got thrown into Tommy and Tony. And, like, oh, no, that wasn't that time. Never mind. <laughs> but continue. Um, and then my dad saw them and went walked over all so happy and excited and started looking at their sabers. And then mom was talking to the girls. And Axel and I were just wandering we, did, we weren't really that interested. You didn't realize what was about to happen to your life. No, we did not. <laughs> no idea. Little does she know. And, and so at this point in your life, Lizzie, were you into Star Wars at that time? Yeah, I was. Like we would watch the movies, Clone Wars, and play with the toys all the time. But that, that was it. We weren't doing stuff outside of the house and going out to see people for star Wars and becoming star Wars characters for kids. So, yeah. So you got recruited. What was your next step? Turning that Halloween costume into an approvable costume. Liz got approved first. Oh, what was your costume that you got approved first? Ayla Secura. Ah, yeah, nice. I made it myself. So she went like full on. Like we got her first costume was the one that you need leku and body paint and lightsabers. So it wasn't even like a oh cool we'll just like make you a little tunic and then you can run around. Like no, we had to. We got we had we bought an air compressor. We went to go get body paint. We bought leku. Figured out how to paint it. She sewed her own costume. Pretty much like we we found the like leather pieces and hand painted and dyed the uh, undershirt, which is like a pattern. So that was a. And, and meanwhile, you're just got a robe with a bit of yellow paint. on Yeah, your I had I had some I'm black. Done. I had some black pants and boots and, <laughs> you know, no, I, I had a lot. I had a lot of work to do. How did you learn like all the stuff with the air compressor and all that? There were some people that like already did it. Like there was another Twi'lek. Uh, girl and there was a guy who would kind of help us and he was like look like here's how i have the compressor i set it to 20 and here's how i work it here's how you clean it you gotta set it to 20 and he sort of like kind of gave us a little rundown and we're like all right i guess we can do that let's let's buy a compressor i guess let's buy a little airbrush you know and even now like i still kind of breathed lots of air over the years now let's compress some these are all things that we know compression (laughs) and air (laughs) lizzie i think it's really cool and kind of strange that your parents have Star Wars stuff in their house. Because my parents didn't. Do you know what I mean? Okay, Me too. Yeah. As things went on, and dad's costuming all over the planet, so it seems. Did you ever click that, like, other people's parents, they're, they're yelling at sports games on the weekend and stuff <laughs> like that? Um, yeah, it was weird because uh, when I got my costume... And we were doing more of Saber Guild. We, uh, I would go to school and I would talk about it to like classmates and friends, and they would think that I'm crazy and that I'm not actually doing all this stuff. 
they would bring up, oh, well, Star Wars is for boys, you know, and that whole thing. I don't know. It was really fun. There was a lot of costuming pieces everywhere in the house, though, so it was hard to walk around. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And lots more Star Wars books and toys. Um, And every Tuesday we would go to the park for Saber Guild and train. And so I was training with lightsabers. And so whenever I would find a stick at school, I would just train and my classmates would think I'm crazy as usual. Yeah. Well, do keep in mind that you are swinging about a stick in the middle <laughs> of the schoolyard. So, you know, <laughs> give and take. But give I look so take. cool. Yeah. And she's like pretty proficient, like as far as like that goes. So I, I like even people show up to Saber Guild now and they're they look at, you know, like they see my kids and they're like, oh, they're just kids. Yeah. But, like, Lizzie knows her stuff. Like, Lizzie can do her spins. Lizzie can do her fights. When you're learning that Sabre Guild, so Sabre Guild's sort of like a, a lightsaber performance club. And I know them because after the the costume parade or the Mardi Gras, whatever. The masquerade. The masquerade, not the Mardi Gras. That would be pretty good. Um, Which we will be doing at WonderCon this year. The, uh, the masquerade at... San Diego Comic Con, while the judges are tabulating their scores, yes. then you guys would come out, and I didn't know it was you, like a performance. That's sl- really cool. I didn't know you were watching The Masquerade. Oh, yeah, I love The Masquerade. It's, it's so fun. Like, I presume when the one I'm watching, you're watching like a synchronized, like, you swing this way, you go that way. Is that how you always learn? Or so, or is do some people just learn how to fight with the lightsaber? You try to get me, I try to stop you. Or is it always sort it's, of like a synchronized thing? It's definitely choreographed. choreographed like everything yeah. we do is choreographed. But when somebody shows up, you got to teach them like how to swing a lightsaber, how to make it look good. You know, like you got you to gotta look like the part, like just like it's any training. So you go through the basics, you go through basic swings, basic blocks, basic stances and footwork and all that kind of stuff. And then you're able to put together a fight and then you kind of memorize the fight and then you'll get like, Hey, that, that block looks really cool, but make sure you're like, make sure you're really sticking your stance and, you know, twisting the back. So it looks good. And you know, then it's just kind of like fine tuning, but everything goes back to the basics and it's always choreographed. Okay. It it sounds a little like professional wrestling. Basically exactly. That's what it is. Yeah. But with force pushes. Independent podcasts live and breathe from listener word of mouth. Word of mouth from listeners just like you. Yes, you. So, what I ask for an hour and a half of sweet, sweet Star Wars content, if you can just drop us a quick little retweet on Twitter or a post on Facebook or a plug on the place you discuss Star Wars in, it would really help me out and it will probably get an extra listener. And if everyone got an extra listener, then we would double our listenership, enabling us to do even more cool stuff. The announcement tweet is normally pinned to the top of my Twitter feed for the week. So you can just click that and hit retweet. Why not do it now and listen to the rest of the episode knowing that you've done your part by potting it forward. And now, back to the show. What about you, Axel? What was your sort of entry point into getting costumed up? I I think that uh, it might have been cosplaying as a Palawan. Yep. Yeah, and and then I remember, like, after a while, I did, like, a young boss member. Oh, that's right, yeah. 
Oh my god, he, that instantly is the cutest thing I've ever heard. Did you used to cosplay as the same thing at the same time? No, oh. I did grown up boss. But he, they no, were. That's what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we were at a San Diego, <laughs> and they. I, I didn't expect you to be like on your knees, pretending to be a child boss as well. I like my reality better. <laughs> um, they did like one San Diego. They were like, "Do you have makeup left?" And I was like, "No, no, it's fine." And they were like, "Can we be little vases?" I was like, "Ask your mom if I can paint your face with this alcohol harsh makeup." <laughs> and they were like, "Fine." And then I put it on their faces, and they were both walking around with a little stripe, and they were all like, like proud to be a little, a little Kefar Jedi. Dad, do you have any any yellow face paint right now? I do. Oh, really? Okay. Oh, where is it? You're not going to go get it right now. It's in the garage. Where okay. it always is. Okay. Safely put away in the makeup bin. Okay. We have a Thank makeup you. bin. I mean, Sal has a makeup bin. I'm sorry. Green is in there? <laughs> <laughs> Case closed. Case closed. About four years ago, they, uh, they premiered Rebels. Well, it would have been four years ago in July. Is that right? Or is it five it years ago been, in July? It would have been, it was 2014. So about four. four yeah, yeah. Because yeah. it was at Comic-Con. It was at San Diego where they had that yeah. screening. <laughs> and you guys, I was in that screening. You were in the line behind Jason. I had just met, met Jason at WonderCon like a couple of months before. And I walked up to the line and he was like, hey, like, you know, and I was like, oh, man, is this the line? Damn, we're like super late because we just ran over from the panel. Yeah. And then he was like, if you're on the list, I don't think you have to wait in this line. This is just for people who are not on the list. And I was like, all right, cool. Thanks. <laughs> like, I, the weirdest thing is, so like, you know, I see, you know, Jason and, and Randy and Sal like pretty much every two weeks, if I'm around on Friday nights to do the now it's podcasting. So he's not lying. He actually goes podcasting yeah. over there My for wife, about six hours. I don't hours. know about your wife. <laughs> My wife wonders where I am when I get home at four o'clock. Can you tell her it's because Jason won't shut up? Yeah, it's it, I, <laughs> part of it. It's my fault as well because they have to wait for me to arrive, and then we. Yeah, it does. It does tend. That's to right. Go Steel on. is late sometimes. <laughs> I've got to come from LA. It's not easy. It's not easy. But it's so weird because I was in so. When this Rebels, uh, there was like a Rebels panel at Comic-Con. Yeah. And then there was sort of like this secret premiere at the theater yeah. in San Diego. And someone told me about it. So I'm like, I was there by myself. So I was like, well, I'll just see if I can get in. I've, 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 I've got a good habit of getting into things. Mm-hmm. So I'm in this line. Like, I don't know Jason. I don't know he exists. I don't know his silly spoiler website that lies about <laughs> that he's, like, writing Star Wars I don't know movies. anything about makingstarwars.com. Nothing. <laughs> I don't know about .org, .biz, .uk, .china. None of them. I don't know any about them, right? But I remember watching that conversation because I was so fascinated that people knew each other because I didn't know anyone and I was like, oh, all these people know each other. That's how do they know how do they know this is on? How do, and then you said, Oh, I'm on the list. Oh, you can go straight in. I'm like, how's that guy know that guy? How's this guy get on the list? Like <laughs> where's the list? Like I was so befuddled about how it was all working. And there's this photo that for some reason always gets used for Jason's like if someone interviews Jason. They use this photo of him and Randy at the front of the line holding their lightsabers, like waiting to go in. And it's like you can see my shoulder in this photo (laughs) 
a few people back. And then the weird thing is the next year was Force Awakens year. And that's when I met Jason because he said, oh, just stand in line with me. And then we had to stand in line together for like 24 hours. So by the end, we were like, let's be blood brothers. (laughs) Bet no blood. You guys were already costumed for that. Dude, we were um, doing the costumes uh, since WonderCon. So it had to be somewhere in March. WonderCon was April. April, no, Mar- it was like early April or late March. Is that, uh, yeah, because it's always like around Easter weekend. Did you just invent a month called late April then? Is that what I said? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm probably right. Yeah, it's after Smarch, yeah. <laughs> after Smarch, that Great was good. Weather. I Great like that. weather. Yeah. Great weather. That's my favorite. When you found out about this Rebel show coming out, like what, what was the genesis of like, hey? So here's what happened. Uh, we watch a little intro where they introduce the characters and I think it was just the main characters, right? Yeah. Do you remember those, like, meet Ezra? Yeah. And then it was, like, a little five-minute about, like, I hey, he's Ezra. a little street kid. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. And so um, growing up, I used to like to paint, right? And so as soon as um, Sabine came up, I just quickly identified with her. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's beautiful. I like it. You know, short hair, knows how to paint. She's a little bit sassy. Totally me, right? Mm-hmm. And Axel fell in love with Ezra. And so later on, we went to an event uh, premiere. I think it was the Clone Wars uh, at San Francisco. We it were- was the we w- we got our first event. We went to Lucasfilm was at the Lost Missions for season six when it was about to go on Netflix. Ah, okay. And so uh, we uh, were talking to people. You're on a list again, weren't you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're just lucky enough we get in that list. And so, but see, here's the thing, though, about those lists. You know, basically, you don't know until the very last minute, like two days before you have to go. And we're talking about driving from here all the way to San Francisco, right? And getting painted. And it's, it's not as glamorous as it sounds until I, you get there and get mate, to watch it. If you can't handle going on the list, don't go on it, right? right? Exactly. Yeah. There's responsibilities. Same. There's responsibilities. No one says it's going to be easy on the With list. With great power comes great responsibility. <laughs> Seriously. With great lists comes great responsibility. <laughs> and great drives. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I was talking to this person at, at Lucasfilm. Um, I didn't know who she was, and she just asked me, hey, um, are you guys looking forward to the new, you know, the Star Wars Rebels coming up? And so I said, yeah, definitely. You know, I'm already like working on my Sabine costume. My son is going to be Ezra. And I'm trying to convince my husband to be Kanan and my daughter to be Hera. And so she said, oh, that's going to be like really amazing. And, um, and so she said, you know what? We're gonna, we might have this thing at uh, WonderCon where we're going to be introducing you know, they, they, we were going to be talking about it, introducing the characters and stuff like that. Yeah. So, she was like, we're going to have this panel at, at WonderCon where we're going to have these things. Maybe if you guys are like ready. And we'd never even been to a panel, you know, like. So, so she basically said, do you think you can have it ready then? I mean, it will be nice to see you guys there. You know, she, it's not like she didn't promise anything or, and it was pretty big. I said like, we might have this, we might, you know. In my head, when she's saying it would be nice to see you there, she's like holding up a list and tapping it and just (laughs) giving you a little wink. It's like you play your cards right, you could make this list. So, yeah, it was was amazing. So we started working on it. And I think that I called you in when when I was speaking to her because I was trying to convince my husband to be Kanan and he just didn't want you. I had no interest in being Kanan. I I can't even fathom our reality... Where you do not want to be Kanan. At the time, 
I was 100% Voss. Only Voss. All Voss all the time. He was married to Boss. <laughs> Says my wife. <laughs> we share. We share. So, like, she's like, she was like, oh, like, you should be Kanan. He's got a ponytail. Like, and then I'm from Texas. So I was like, Cowboy Jetta, that's pretty cool. It sounds cool. But I was like, you know what, dude? I'm good. I don't need more costumes. Like, let me just do the thing. And she was like, I want to do this. And I was like, wait, I'll focus on making you and Axel's costume. Because, like, the Ezra Axel had, like, scruffy hair at the time. And it was, like, just perfect. And then I said, no, honey, you do not understand. I want us to do this. And so then a little bit convincing from Tracy. And voila. She was basically like, we should do this as a family. Like, this is something that we can do because we were like, yeah, we're Alien Voss and the kids are like random little Jedi, you know, and it was like and then I was like, you know what? That is cool. Like to have if like the whole show and like the family does it. So that's how me and Lizzie got on board. OK, so you went to WonderCon. That was your debut. Yes. Rebels. How like I imagine people like tripping out because they've never seen those characters before. We showed up for the Rebel Legion picture. Because the Rebel, we're also a part of the Rebel Legion, which is another of the charity groups. Um, but we showed up in our new costumes. And so, like, at the time, I think the 501st had already taken their picture and they were getting down. And so we're getting up and getting ready for the picture. And I hear out of the, like, background, like, hey, Kanan. And then I turned over and I was like, hey, that's Vanessa Marshall. That's Vanessa Marshall. And I was trying to yell at Lizzie because the kids were, like, down in front. And I was like, Lizzie, Lizzie, Lizzie. Like, but she wouldn't look up, but she already, like, walked away. And then I think the first person to take a picture of us besides the one that ended up on Lucasfilm was Amy Amy Ratcliffe. Oh, we were nice. in the food court grabbing grub and she was like, I'm about to go interview Vanessa. Can I take a picture of you guys? And we we're like, sure. We're next to the pizza place. <laughs> and, you know, and then bam, she took the picture. And then a few seconds later, we're on Nerdist. And then like Star Wars tweeted out that picture. And that was like the first time we got, you know, like, dude, StarWars.com just tweeted your picture. Like. That was such a weird, like, that was the list <laughs> to us. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, my goodness. Oh, no, like, legit, because, like, maybe it was because I was from Australia, but I just thought you just couldn't cause a ripple in Star Wars. Like, it was just this thing that was impenetrable sort of thing. And I remember just, like, a dumb thing, like, having, when I did the live podcast at Europe Celebration, yeah. they had the list on the thing, and I was just like... Oh, my name's on the Star Wars website. That's crazy. Like, it's, it's such a dumb thing. But, yeah. Yeah. like, growing up on, you know, like a Tatooine-like existence on the other side of the planet, it was like, and that's like when I was, like, going, how do these people know each other? This is crazy. I'm never going to get on a list. I understand. I'm from Texas, which is the Australia of the US. It's big. Dusty. <laughs> I take it. I take it. Lizzie, how did you do the first time out getting, getting recognized as a character? I want to say really fast. I wanted to be Sabine, but <laughs> this is the kind of arguments that Lucy and I get into. This is the mom-daughter fights that we get into. <laughs> you want that costume? Why you had to pick the costume? It happens every time. Then she's like, "You took Ray too." <laughs> <laughs> like it is strange how the Star Wars Rebels cast is your family. Like it is weird. Like how perfect it fits. I would get, I once we started, like and this whole kind of ball started rolling, I would get strange messages from people that we kind of knew, like in the Star Wars community. And it would be something like, 
so do they like model the characters after your family <laughs> or and i was like no dude we just made costumes of the characters that just kind of look like us a little bit but it does fit very well lizzie take us through this seems like it's um i'm here to pull this family apart Go through your battle to fight for Sabine. How is how is Sabine stolen from you by your like apparently caring mother? Well, apparently, <laughs> um, no. We were in our we were in our room and we were watching the meet Sabine, meet Ezra, and I saw Sabine. I was like, oh my god, she's so cool. Look at her hair. Look at her armor. And then my mom was like, nope, I'm doing that costume. Objection. So <laughs> overruled. Um, and so dad didn't want to be Kanan and I didn't want to be Hera because I didn't want to get painted. I didn't want to wear a whole headset. Um, but then mom was like, no, you guys have to do. You have to. You have to. So then I had to. And also, you know, this, this, this Darth Vader influence of yours seems to be coming out. <laughs> In my defense, okay, every time she sees something like that, she'll say, oh, I want to do that. And then takes no steps whatsoever. You do that to do too. It. So if I want to do something, I get it done. Usually, lately, I just be like, Sal, I want that done. You know? <laughs> but, you have you know, failed me for the last I time, judge, husband. And she doesn't. And so just because somebody throws out there, hey, I want to do this costume, you can do it, and then sits on sits and doesn't do it, I'm like, okay, no, we're not doing this. W- would this be a case of snoozing and losing? Yes. But dad made the armor. I cut my hair, I dye my hair, <laughs> I got everything. And and you said you you have dyed your hair, which you won't let me do, since Ezra's hair is blue. What are you doing Current still? issues. <laughs> <laughs> Axel, when Ezra got introduced, were you instantly a fan? Kind of. Because I remember, like, I don't like thieves unless I was one of them. <laughs> so you would have been pretty angry at your mum for stealing the character of your sister. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you look back on a lot of our old, like, the very first events that we were doing uh, with him as Ezra, he was like, Ezra, like, climbs around stuff. So he kept climbing trees and being like, no, I'm just going to take a picture in the tree because that's what Ezra would do. And then he would like go like to the Mando's booth and like take stickers and he'd be like, look, I grabbed a bunch of stuff from the Mando's because that's what Ezra would do. <laughs> so he was like so, so into it in like a really like funny way. <laughs> There's one event that uh, we did. It was right. The event happened right after the first midseason break of Rebels. And Axel was wearing his Rebels costume. And that was like first time that because before the show came out, a lot of people were like, who are you, Boba Fett? To me and you and everybody pretty much because I guess that's what they say when you're green and they don't know who you are. But by the time the show had come out, like some of the people knew who we were. They started we started getting recognized. And these two kids that were like Axel's age were following Axel around and being like, so like, what happened to your parents? <laughs> like They kept talking to him and Axel would like be in character and he was like, I don't know, just I don't know. They disappeared. Like, <laughs> I think the Empire took him. Like. <laughs> They're in this mysterious portal somewhere. I don't know what happened. Like he's like, I just I've been on my own for seven years. Like and he just had his own like character down. And these kids were like, Wow, like so how is it like having a master? He's like, I I've practiced with my lightsaber and he would like he would do his little moves and stuff. Like 
And it was, I was just like, to me as a father, like looking him out of the corner of my eye and just seeing, cause it was only us. I think you guys were at school and work or something. It was like one of those events where it was during a weekday or something like that. And it was just us. And I just kept seeing these kids talk to him and him being like, yeah, you know, that's just how it is. <laughs> wow. I, I, I love Axel, this, this method acting approach that you're taking to your cosplay. You are the Daniel Day Lewis of the convention circuit. Like Rebels, you know, it's a cartoon on Disney XD, a, a, a channel that people would assume is viewed like kids and young adults, not old adults like us. Like you podcast about this show every week, Lizzie. Is it, do you ever get, I don't know, is it weird that like adults are like watching the same show and are like critiquing getting angry at times about this like fun cartoon that you're watching it's kind of funny that they get so upset about it um because they have such weird reasons for why they're upset about it like it's just a cartoon and i'm i'm not gonna say oh it's just a kid's cartoon leave it alone because it's star wars is for everyone but um it's kind of funny when older adults get like upset at it but it's also kind of concerning and expecting so much from it and there's a lot that came out from the show honestly even as adults it's really enjoyable you know yeah. and so the fact that a star wars just has this thing and, and it doesn't matter what it is to be honest with you mm-hmm. we're talking about books movies even music is star wars fans are the worst that happens to star wars <laughs> <laughs> okay and the best but still you know it's just like i'm like come on dude like just enjoy it. Yeah. You know, just enjoy it, man. Like, and, and, and it's not just a critique sometimes. The way that they critique it is not just like, hey, you know, they don't, it's almost like they don't have a backup for their opinion. They're just not very nice people sometimes when they express their opinion about it. Yeah. And, and sometimes their opinion might be a little bit clouded by. But their personal Other, other issues in their life. Yeah. Lizzie, you're, you're talking about how the show is for everyone. And I know when you're on now this is podcasting one time it was around the time as of forces of destiny and you know grown up men angry that this company is making products for you i think it's selfish of them because for years they've been having their own toys but there's not a lot of you know girls toys at star wars mm-hmm. and now that there's girl star wars toys it's now they're mad about that and it's kind of weird and really, really selfish of them. But uh, I'm happy for all the toys that we're getting. Is it strange that, in my point of view anyway, that these grown men are acting more childish than you when it's your right to be a child? <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, it's, it is kind of funny sometimes. I don't know if you've noticed this as well, but you know when they put in like the Forces of Destiny, like the dolls... Did you notice that the action figures were still in the aisle and they didn't take them away? (laughs) (laughs) So they could still buy them. Um, Because this is the thing about becoming an adult, right? This is a weird thing is that when you're young, you just think all adults, something happens to them. Like they go through some beam or they were just made to be like responsible and smart. But then when you become one, it's just like, oh, these guys are a pack of idiots. Like, <laughs> so that's something for you to look forward to. Great. <laughs> <laughs> I 
So, see, but here's the thing, though, is that, first of all, why are we talking about girls' toys and boys' toys? Toys are toys, okay? Mm. And it's Star Wars toys. So if you like Star Wars, you shouldn't be looking at whether they're girls' toys or boys' toys, first of all. So it makes me wonder. There has to be deeper issues, deeper issues that people are dealing with if they're going to get so upset about... You know, female toys. Mm. Like- you know, I mean, with that force of destiny, the whole movement that definitely looked like that. But I'll tell you right now. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Oh, both these fools had the same galactic heroes. Nobody cried about it. One of them cooked them. <laughs> <laughs> So one of the like the coolest things I think you guys do is do the cosplaying at hospitals and stuff and, and for kids. Yeah. And like, I don't know. How, how did you find that? Like I, I would find that like intimidating because I maybe would hope I would rise to the occasion. But, you know, because you're seeing these kids that are really sad, like, I don't know. How, how, did, how, how did you find that, Lizzie? Um, well, we can't really go to the hospital. Uh, Axel and I, because we're underage, we can't go to the hospitals. Ah, okay. Um, the hospital visits have like a lot of rules. So like we've never been able to get the kids until they're 18 or something. They're not able to go. But I did not know uh, the hospitals yeah. were ID. I think the earliest that they can attend is 16. Okay. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like maybe um, soon Lizzie will be able to go. But there was an event that we did with this uh, young girl with uh, cancer, uh, Shay Annabelle Tucker, uh, Shay Strong. It made me really happy when we went to see her at her house and in our costumes, and she was so happy to see us. And we gave her a bunch of Star Wars toys. Um, yeah, it just made me really, really happy that I was able to make her happy by just being a Star Wars character for her. It's always a little bit hard, but it's also something that's like really like at the end, like it's always something that like to be glad you did it. But I think I think Liz is really good at the hospitals because she's really good with the kids. And not only that, like here where we live, Liz is bilingual. So when you speak another language and Liz can talk that other language with you and Sabine can talk that other language with you, like that opens up a whole different, like a lot of these kids that maybe can see a lot of people like, oh, and then they don't talk Spanish and it's whatever. Okay, cool. I'll get a picture with Darth Vader who says nothing. But then Liz can actually speak to these kids. A lot of these kids that probably aren't able to express themselves. Like, mm-hmm. So seeing Liz at hospitals has really been like illuminating. So the hospital visits are always um, actually really nice, very, very nice, and we're always looking forward to it. Now, if you're asking about Comic-Con or WonderCon, I'm like, God, oh, not again. Honestly, that is really draining. It's exhausting, it's expensive, and it's just, Sal loves it, me, me, I'm just like, okay, no more cons. But uh, but the hospital visits are amazing. It's it's, it's really, it puts 
things are in perspective. It really does. And I always love, like, there's that story that Mark Hamill tells. Because uh, I always like the way that Star Wars, like, resonates with people to help them get through stuff. I think that's really cool. And I also like the way that people take their talents and inject it into Star Wars, like, to make costumes or to make podcasts or to make music. I think all that stuff's really cool. But Mark Hamill tells this story about how he visited this kid that had an amputated arm, had an amputated arm, and the kid said he thought it was cool or like he was fine because Luke Skywalker got his arm cut off and stuff like that that you never would even imagine that someone could get meaning from. It's crazy. Yeah, that that is absolutely right. And that's, I mean, you probably, I mean, everybody knows that this Star Wars is pretty diverse, right? Mm -hmm. There's all kinds of like from aliens, from children, from anything, right? But I really would like to see a little bit more uh, of those kind of stuff, more a little bit of disabled people perhaps, or I'm sorry, even gay people. Why not? Please. Blind Canaan you know? represent. Yeah, well, that, yeah, blind, blind Canaan, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, Cheer know, up. I just, I just, um, so that way there's someone that you can relate to. Yeah. Because why not? This is how it is. We're a diverse community, and Star Wars should be just that. And everybody should be able to have somebody that they can relate to and that they can, you know, uh, go through that kind of stuff, you know, thinking that, you know, in the end, something, it's going to be okay. Yeah, it's so cool how that works. And I think, you know, when we're talking about like the, the angry adults, like I grew up and Luke Skywalker was my guy because demographically, I could be Luke Skywalker, fair hair, white skin, yeah. uh, whiny voice, um, you know, a bit awkward. But <laughs> yeah, I, like it wasn't until I started interviewing these like people and talking to them, it's like, oh, so they would like, like it didn't even occur to me, do you know what I mean, that like people should have that. And now I'm just like, yeah, man, you just put in whatever you want like, and I'll... I'll go along because I've already had my shot. Yeah, I had Luke Skywalker and he was and, pretty sweet. And it's not like people are really demanding it, that, that it, it must be done, but it's nice to see that. Mm. Like, um, I think it was the Dr. Afra comic book. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yes, I think that's the first lesbian uh, kind of, not kind, yeah, she. I kind of count Holdo, but okay. Holdo? Well, and Moff Moore's. There's in the books, uh, in the books, there's a lot more like of that, a little bit more of that representation, especially on sexuality and things like that, but. Yeah, in Aftermath, didn't one of the Imperials have a girlfriend? Oh, dude, like in Aftermath, Sinjir. Oh, Sinjir is the best. And he's like the dopest. Yeah. He's like, I love that character. Yeah. I love that so, character. See, I love seeing that. I, I'm not, you know, gay or I'm not whatever, you know, I'm not disabled. Or I'm not, you know. You're also not a Twi'lek. Yeah, I'm also not a Twi'lek, but I, <laughs> God, I enjoy seeing that, you know. It's like the world is pretty diverse people, so... I'm sure those people would like to be represented. Not that it's mandatory mm -hmm. or, or completely necessary, but it will be nice. Yeah, and I think I'm just watching this show on Netflix called Everything Sucks, and it's really cool. It's set in the 90s, and it's like a high school comedy drama. Like, And it's got that throwback thing of it's being in the 90s, so they play all this 90s music. But yes. the, the girl in it is she thinks that she might be a lesbian, and in the school, it is just shunned. You think about it back then, and there's just no, I don't know, there's sort of no things in the media that you can watch and go, right. oh, this is acceptable. Right. And and that's why, like that Sinjir thing, when he ended up finding his um, boyfriend and kissing, mm -hmm. like I was very emotional because I was like, oh, they found each other again. 
But then I thought about <laughs> the dude that might be like 15, 16 that is like scared to tell anyone how he feels. But then he's reading this book about like these space heroes and it's like, oh, this dude's like me. He wants to kiss boys as well. I don't know why I want to, but he's doing it. So, and he's a hero. Like, and that stuff, like, like it's just rad that you can through this way to tell this story to make someone that's like really scared that like one of his heroes or one of his hero's friends like is the same as as how he might think he is. Exactly, yeah. What about, you guys are the OG Rebels cosplayers. What about... Original gangster. I was like, OJ Simpson? <laughs> that's, that's OJ. That's, Sorry. That's a different type of cosplay. Um, <laughs> see what happens when we watch Netflix shows? <laughs> but what was it like once you started seeing other people? Were you like, hey, we're brothers or you biting my style? When I started making Sal the costumes. Sal puffing his chest out before go. he started this. So, <laughs> like, when we started making the costumes, like, in order to become official and all that kind of stuff, like, I started building threads on message boards about the build, saying, like, hey, dude, here's how I made my shirt. I went and got stretchy fabric. I made the pants out of leather, blah, blah, blah. You know, here's the leather belt piece that I did. I got this kind of kit from here. Same thing with Sabine's art. Here's the colors I used of spray paint. Um, so I put like a really detailed thread cause not only does it help the judges when they're like looking over your references and looking over your costume to be like, here's how I got to where I am, uh, to, to getting approved in the groups, but like potential future cosplayers can be like, Oh, like, okay. So the Canaan, this guy has a good Canaan and he uses Hunter green for the details on his armor or whatever. So I can use that. So I sort of did it to help us get approved, but also to like, Lead like at the time we're the first ones. Pass on what you have learned. Exactly, we are what they grow beyond. It's, it's those quotes from those films we like. So, like the first celebration, I think was the first time that I really met. Like a lot of people were coming up to us and being like, "Dude, I followed your thread, and like this is my Canaan. Like I used the same colors that you used, and thank you so much because you had all the reference pictures, and I couldn't see the back of the armor until you showed me the picture. And thank you for helping me get a Sabine together, and thank you, like." All the costumes that we did for ourselves, I had made threads about, and I have a Flickr account that has all my references and all my build photos. And still, like to this day, people are like, "Oh, that's the dude with the Flickr. That's the dude with the Flickr on Ezra. Thank you so much. I I built an Ezra because if you had the back, I couldn't see the back of the belt or whatever, you know." So I've actually talked to a lot of people that are like, "Thank you oh, so much." So it, it was great, you know, like, and Sal is so nice and helpful and stuff like that. But there's also the other people, the other type of people, that then they start sending you weird messages, you know. Hence the reason why I had to shut down my whole face, face, Facebook account and just to start a complete new one. Because then you got the creeps, too. So, again, Star Wars fans are the best and the worst of Star Wars. Yeah, I think it's just people. Yeah, people. Like, <laughs> because people are awesome and people are the worst. And... Because Star Wars attracts everyone, yeah. you, you get that gamut. Uh, like I'm sure in the, the Captain Planet fandom, because it's the way it's like the message that's so apparent in those cartoons, that the, the Captain Planet fandom is a lot more mellow and... Heart! <laughs> <laughs> the thing that blew me away, I, that I thought was really cool, and as I said, like... You know, growing up in Australia, I, I thought it was impossible to, like, impact Star Wars or... But when we're at the Rebels panel, at Celebration Orlando, 
and our good buddy Sal, our great mate Sal that we see every Friday night that we're in Orlando with that I haven't seen a skerrick of for two days. I end up seeing him in front of about 8,000 people on the stage. It was another one of those things where we were there and then they were like, hey, do you guys think you might want to like be a part of the panel? And we were like, uh, uh, sure, yeah, what do you want us to do? And they were like, well, well, let's have you come out. Just come out and, and you wear your costumes and just come out. You guys have your costumes, right? Yeah, we got our costumes. So, so I would have been like, I've got a, I've got a 12-minute lightsaber fight I can do. And they're like, just walk out, mate. Just walk out. <laughs> I can do the lines. What lines do you want to be <laughs> Ezra, turn away before it's too late. Yeah, I got them all. Are you introducing that Voss is going to be in the last season? Because I'm good to go, yeah. man. I'll go back and change real quick into the other costume. And then I'll come out after you have Warwick Davis. I'll come out after that as Voss. I've got my Voss Lives t-shirt ready. How did you find that, Axel, being out in front of so many people as Ezra? Shy. <laughs> happens to this boy he used to be like so a daredevil and all of a sudden you know he's growing up and he's like so shy now he's like so much more shy and reserved if you look back like if you look back at pictures of us and you look back at the original like uh a lot of the pictures we took when like season one was coming you'll see pictures of axel like leaning up against chopper and he's got like the uh ezra attitude down and everything and now he's just like a little more quiet and he's like no don't worry i'll sell the picture just just take it and then i'll go about my business <laughs> What about you, Izzy? What was it like being in front of all those people? I'm glad I had a helmet. <laughs> she cheats. I do cheat. <laughs> so you did swap eventually. Yes, You swapped did. Hera for Sabine. I would do anything not to have face paint. So good call with that. Yeah. And there was like, after seeing like the episodes, we kind of saw that Hera and Kanan kind of had a thing. So that was weird. (laughs) (laughs) So at that event where you were in the line overhearing this conversation and we were on the list at the same, uh, at San Diego Comic-Con that year, they were giving away advanced readers of a new Dawn. Yes. That was before the show aired. So we saw the first episodes and we were like, cool. And then we read a new Dawn and we were like, well, this isn't right at all. <laughs> and that's when we were sort of were like, well, we really need to switch this up. And for Lizzie, it was easy as like, okay, well, let me just borrow your costume. And like, you know, at the time it was like a little bit loose on her, but now she's just like grown into it. But it didn't quite work backwards as like putting Liz into a 12 year old's costume. <laughs> like, so we had to like, we needed time to remake a new Hera, you know, to, uh, for you. I remember what I wanted to say say to Lizzie so bad. Oh, hi, mom. (laughs) (laughs) That's that's what every young girl wants to hear. He's been saving that for four years. (laughs) Do you rather it under the helmet? Is like, is that an easy way to be in front of people or interact with people? I I mean, it's not easier, but I, I mean, okay, yes, it is easier, but it's still not easy. Because, you know, the first time we met, we met and I still didn't know what you look like because you had the helmet on the whole time. And then the next yeah. time you came up and said hello to me, I was like, who's this? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, I always try to have is the this helmet Axel's on. mom? How does it feel? <laughs> <How's> this? <laughs> Remember the first time we met? So oh, yeah. 
<laughs> Same event. Yeah. Oh, was it? Oh, yeah, I so think so. So he comes in, and I think you hug me. I think you came in, and maybe I'm tripping, but I thought... I hug every random woman th- in a bookshop. I know. <laughs> and I was like, well, hello to you two. And then um, he's like, hey, Liz. And I'm like, I have no idea what this is. <laughs> <laughs> but just so you know, to be fair, it happens a lot because a lot of the people we costume with are stormtroopers. So half the time we get people, hey, man, how's it going? I trooped with you like last week. And we'll be like, oh, he's the shadow trooper. Oh, he's one of the stormtroopers. Like, but he imagine. was not in a helmet. <laughs> so he just came in and like, hey, Liz, how are you? And I'm like, I'm okay. Sorry. I'm the, no, one, that, good. I'm the one that makes your husband get home at four in the morning <laughs> on a Saturday night. Hey. So the other thing about being on stage is you're on stage for the cancellation announcement. Did you guys have any warning about that? No, no. none. Mm-mm. Don't you think that's so mean and rude of Dave Filoni that you've been cosplaying as these characters for four years? Come out on the stage and I'll tell you it's all over. You're fire. <laughs> what were you doing underneath your helmet when you heard that one? Uh, crying. I was crying. Were we sitting down? Yeah, we said, had gone to sit down, I, and I that's when he made da- the announcement. Yeah, I, yeah, and I was sitting down with Sam Whitwer, and so, so I was she just stopped crying, fangirling and fangirling, and then all of a sudden it was We've all like, been there. oh, she didn't so even Rebel- hear the announcement. So Rebels is over now. I was like, oh, no more fangirling, just crying, just crying, <laughs> nonstop crying. Aww. Make sure you are subscribed to youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars as we are regularly posting clips from our live shows as well as putting up enhanced highlight clips like Ben Mendelsohn reminiscing about his awesome costumed Krennic entrance at Star Wars Celebration edited with plenty of laughs to spare. Check it all out at youtube.com forward slash Steel Wars. The link is is in your show notes. So let's talk about the finale. What did you guys sort of want out of it? And I guess this thing, right? I did this poll yesterday on Twitter and it was the Rebels finale was perfect, satisfying, disappointing, or I'm furious. Where did you sit, Sal? Perfect. Axel? Mad. So that's an I'm furious? Yeah. Why were you furious? Just because it had ended? Yeah, and, well, and, and I knew that Ezra was going to go. So I think you're going for sad then, more than furious. Oh, so, so sad? He's unsure of his emotions right now. <laughs> He's in shock. You need to listen to Star Wars Geek Girl more. You get into your emotions. <laughs> Just get in touch. <laughs> Where did you rank, Lizzie? Ah... Uh, I think it was perfect. Okay. Yeah. You're perfect as well, Liz? I think it was beyond perfect. It was way more than I expected. When, like, I mean, I couldn't even imagine that ending, to be honest with you. It was just beautiful. I, it did everything I didn't want it to do, but it did it quite well. <laughs> and so I liked it. Like, if someone had told me that, are oh, they flash forward to After Return of the Jedi and then Ahsoka rocks up i'd be like (laughs) you're killing me people you are killing me i want a wrapped up story but like do you guys i I guess like 
you've given so much to these characters and you've sort of, I guess, come together as a family as it and maybe, you know, to other people being defined as a family by seeing you do this thing. Mm-hmm. Like, how was it for it to end? It was it was tough. Like, it was really, really tough. Like, we're even there. We're at the, the screening we got on the list. Uh, you know, and <laughs> but you know what? We're there, and it's like we're kind of like I think. I mean, this this might be the this is the last time we're going to be on the list. Like, you know, this is it. Like, this is it for the show. This is it for us. Like, we're not going to stop doing the rebels, but like, this is the end. Like, we're about to find out the end of our stories. I thought you were about to tell me that you were breaking out with the family. This is it for us. Yeah. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's best if we all go our separate ways now. I'll start my Kylo cosplay now. <laughs> it was heavy to be there, but also like seeing it, it was heavy to watch. Like the characters have become such like it's, it's intertwined in my family in a weird way. Like, we we built some costumes four years ago. You know what I mean? We never thought... We didn't like each other before that. That's what he means. <laughs> <laughs> she still doesn't like me. And my kids kind of grew up with these characters. So, like, and have learned and everything, like, from them as well. So it was really weird to be there at that moment. And just, like, watching it, there were a lot of beautiful moments in that finale. Like, I think even now the part that um is one of my favorite parts is where... um. Like right after Thrawn bombards the city and then Ezra's like, no, no, no. Okay, that's it. I'm going. I got to surrender. And Hera's like, no, 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 no. Like we have, we have to find a way. Let's think of an idea. Let's do this. And it's, it's Ezra being resolute in what he knows he has to do. And then it's Chopper and Sabine like understanding that they have to trust him and he has to do it and they help him. Mm. Like even thinking about it right now, <laughs> I'm like already getting... Like, you know, and Chopper, like, opens the little air duct for him. And then he kind of gives Sabine the look. And she, like, goes to distract Hera and everybody. And then he goes. And even when it was when it was showing, I was like, that's it. That's that's the last time. Like, I'm watching it going, like, this is the last time they're going to see each other. I, I I still don't know, but I feel, like, mad and sad. But a bit happy uh, somewhere. I don't know. I don't know why I was happy. I think it's time for the therapist here. <laughs> like, he seems like he has so many emotions bottled up. <laughs> <laughs> did you just like look at Dave Filoni and just go don't be so lazy cowboy hat man keep making more cartoons for me mm-hmm. <laughs> cowboy hat man <laughs> how about you Izzy it was really really sad uh, just being there and then and then seeing it again on Monday at uh, Corey's house it was really sad because in my head I was like, oh, we'll know what happens next week. No, that's not going to happen. There is no next week for Rebels. It's just over. <laughs> we won't know what happens and if they find Blueberry. It's Ezra. Sorry. <laughs> just, it sounds so sad the way you go, there is no more Rebels next week yeah <laughs> zoe keeps she's in denial right now she keeps saying no kane is not dead kane is not dead he just rolled out of the fire he's fine oh i'm dead <laughs> <laughs> um you know everyone's fine uh and then i keep telling her i'm like okay sure sure zoe what about you liz this was kind of it sounds like your endeavor from the start and like all good things it got way out of control, went to a place you didn't expect. What was it like on Friday to have it all, like, wrap up, this this fun thing that the family did together? Um, 
And not that you can't keep doing it, but it's, <laughs> you know, it's, it's symbolic. Right. Um, I'm very sad. I'm very sad that there's not going to be more episodes, and, but I'm happy that they were able to wrap it up. They were able to put a closure into I'm big in closure. Um, I, I want to, you know, I want to know what happens at the end. I want to know that, you know, that I don't really like to use my imagination. So if you are telling me a story, tell me how the story ends. Yeah. And so I was very, very happy that he got to do that. Um, very, very sad that, you know, he's not going to continue. But who knows, you know, for all I know, he's going to pick up the um, the Sabine and Ahsoka story trying to find you know, uh, Ezra, or he might pick up, you know, Harris story. Who knows? You know, I mean, there's, there's a bunch of opportunities there. Not one opportunity. He's not going to pick up Kanan's story. <laughs> no, no, I think Kanan was back in, in, in Jason through Jason. I think that he, that's what I was really sad. Okay. So here's the thing. We went to see it before we went to see the, what was it? Four episodes at San Francisco about two weeks ago. And so, and I'm thinking, okay, so probably Dana, uh, Kenan is going to die on the fourth episode, right? I didn't imagine that he, we were just going to go there and, pam, you know, Kenan is dead on the first episode. And that's exactly what happened. And so, um, so it was really sad. I, I love like, that you drove to San Francisco the whole time thinking, my husband's going to die. Oh, yeah, Can't I knew, wait. I knew, I knew he was going <laughs> to die. And so... But but here's the thing though, and um and I was in terrible pain, dude. Like I was, it was really, I was in a lot of pain, uh, physically pain. And then I get there and I'm like, <laughs> feels like he slapped me again and be like, there, emotional pain, you know? Yeah. So but so here's the, the only thing that I was a, a little bit sadder about, and not just the fact that Kenan died, but so they tell you he dies, right? And then so because we watched the four episodes, I wish I was able to only watch two episodes so that will have time to mourn in and i feel like i didn't have enough time to mm. you know to make my peace with it until we move on to another episode so that was the only thing that i wish i would have done a little bit different and if i would have watched it you know on the regular tv it probably would have been that way yeah I have like a whole week to mourn Kanan. the evils of the list <laughs> <laughs> The dark side of the list. Yeah, I um it was weird they did the double they sort of like just let's just get it out there now. Like it, you know, you'd think that you'd you'd you know, if you had seven more episodes, you'd run it over seven weeks. I, I also like I wonder about how people would have received like episodes because like, you know, for years it's just been coming out like an episode comes out, an episode comes out and then like what, like the mid season they do two or the finale they do two or whatever. Right. But um, they did the two episodes and people were really like kind of enjoying it. And then I kind of go back and think about like, I wonder how people would have felt if you were to get the one episode of one week and it ends with Kanan's death. And then the next week is kind of like a whole episode about them like dealing with it. You know what I mean? But I bet you if they hadn't entered them together, I can already see the internet like, nothing happened this week. Why aren't they finishing the plan? Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, so I think like airing them together maybe helped that episode a little bit. Like, because I can hear, oh, filler, like whatever. You know what I mean? Like, but see, nothing was really filler, though. If you really go back, you can see that they're tied things together at the very end. You know, so it was like as much as we want to say filler, and I'm sure that they had reasons. That if anything ever felt like a filler, I'm sure that they had reasons why. I mean, a budget is 
probably one of the biggest reasons why they can't really, you know, explain the stories as they wanted to explain it. So that's why when I hear people talking like that, I'm like, dude, like we don't know. You We're just yeah. giving what is presented based on the time and money and effort that they can put into you, but we don't really know the whole story. That's one of the beautiful things about uh, uh, Rebels Recon and uh, all the interviews that uh, Feloni does and all the Q&A because he's able to go in a little bit more detail and explain stuff. And I think that this is the first time we've actually seen that. And so this is like really valuable to me because it really tells you where people's mind, the creative mind, when they were working on it. And, and I know that probably a lot of people didn't affect, affect um, the whole thing about Kenan dying as much as it did to me, but we kind of have lived with this, you know, with, with this story, and we have, like, really put ourselves into, into, um, into these characters, you know. And so I really, at that moment, I know that it's probably, for everybody else, was not a big deal to, hey, here Kenan dies, and then you bring Ahsoka back from the dead, Right. But to me, literally, and I, I know it's going to sound terrible, but I felt like a couple whose wife is pregnant and the wife dies giving birth. And so you're sad because the wife died, but you're happy because you got a baby. Mm. So that's exactly how, like, I, it, it was really painful for me. And I know it's me, you know, just absorbing this in, in my own way. So I know it's not rational. But that's exactly how I felt. Yeah, but you've got this more, you know, because you've sort of lived these characters, like, at all these events. Like, I don't know, it's just this weird, like, like symbosis or, or something yeah. between you guys and the characters that, like, you know, Rebels means a lot to a lot of people. And then on the flip side, it's just, like, whatever to a lot of other people. But I, I, I think it's really cool like how much you guys have embraced the characters and then how much you've sort of gotten back as a family through that. I think that's really cool. Do you know what I mean? That's sort of why I wanted to come down and talk to you guys. I'm wondering, Dave Filoni, like, you know, conceived the show and, and is sort of the figurehead of the whole thing. Did Has he ever, like, said anything to you guys about what you guys mean to him? Um, you know what? Um, so here's the thing. I, I, you know, like sometimes, you know, you like to think things, you know, and you perhaps read too much into stuff, right? And so I thought I was doing that. I think he was actually really making sure or trying to tell me, and for some reason, and maybe, again, maybe I'm just reading too much into things, but I honestly feel that he felt that he couldn't, he shouldn't disappoint us, that he couldn't disappoint us, that he wanted to make sure that we were okay with the story. And so this, um, he had made a comment like that before. And so then, I, even when we started, when we did the Rebels costume, he was like, oh man, I, I really hope you like the show. And he keeps saying that. He keeps saying, and I thought it was kind of like an, a nice thing to say, but I thought I didn't really give it that much weight because I was like, why would he care that these random people like the show, you know? But, you know, so I'm like, oh, thank you. And so then um, he made those comments again towards the end. And I'm thinking, that's kind of odd. Does he really care? <laughs> 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 and so then uh, at the last, at the finale last weekend, last week, um, I was walking by and, you know, I, I don't really like to bother people. I know that they're like doing their thing and I don't want to be like one of those fans that like just want 
leave them alone. So I was like running and I just say hi. And so he started talking to me again and I was like, look, you know, I, I, I don't want to let you down. I, I, I think you're really going to like it. Just trust me. Please trust me. And I didn't really get it at that time. And I'm like thinking, is he like really cares what we think? Honestly, I'm still shocked. And then he went down, you know, he had to come down to the, uh, to the stage. And so I was on the aisle and he once again stopped and like put his arm you know, on me, and he was like, just please trust me. Please trust me. And I'm like, I think this guy really cares what we think. <laughs> I was like, wow, that was beautiful. But, but me, I just want to say, look, dude, you're great at what you do. Uh, you've been doing this for a long time. And at no point I ever felt disappointed, you know. Um, and so you know what you're doing, and this is your baby. You shouldn't be worried about what people are going to think. You tell your story. And, you know, it's going to resonate wherever it's going to resonate. Um, but I thought it was kind of cute that he was, I think he really cares. And I was like, wow. And honestly, it just dawned on me. And I'm like, I think he really actually cares. I think he means it. Yeah. <laughs> Throughout the whole time cosplaying as the Rogue Rebels, what, what's your highlight, Sal? I, th- I, I think to my highlight was when I saw Axel interacting with those kids and being like, yeah, I don't know what happened to my parents, dude. Like Axel just living that character was like really, really, really cool. And I think... Uh, were you at all concerned that he was so happy that his parents were gone? A, a tiny bit. It did cross my mind. But I thought as long as I, uh, I live the Canaan part of that, I can be like, I can still teach you, boy. <laughs> that I can still play through it. But just seeing like... The way that, like, you know, we're we're in all the all the groups and everything, and now my son, like, he also does like a young Boba Fett, so he ended up hanging out with the Mercs a lot. And then when he's Ezra, he's like, "Oh, I'm not a Mandalorian," but they're still like, "Hey, man, come hang out with us, dude. You're cool with Mandalorians." And then when Lizzie started doing Sabine, the Mandalorians would be like, "Come, we need you, Sabine. You're one of the Mandalorians." And so they'd like, like the community of the Mandalorians are so kind to my kids. Like, I think that's one of the big highlights that, that I'll always remember, like them going, like they do this thing where like at every convention or something, they'll have a booth and then they all get kitted up and they all put their helmets on and they do a death march and they all walk out and they walk around in a big line of all the Mandalorians with all their guns and weapons and they take some pictures. And so they would always be like, Sabine, Ezra, come with us. We're going on the, and they would always call them and they would, or if Axel was Boba or whatever. But I mean, like, uh, it was always really, really cool how they got, um, so accepted by everybody else in the group, especially the Mandalorians. So that, that, that'll always mean a lot. And that's a, one of my best memories. Pick a path and all. Wait. L- 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 wait, what is it? Like, Lothcat? Lothcat, Lothwolf, run, pick a path and I am done. He changed it. What, what was your highlight of... Um of reveling around Axel over the years, what was your favorite thing you got to do? Um, I think the l- library. The library. Mm-hmm. It's very humble. Mm-hmm. You know, you could have picked celebration. You could have picked these events, but the library. Mm-hmm. What a learned young man you must be. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Lizzie? Um, I like celebration orlando when i first got to meet zoe uh my podcasting buddy you know dressing up as sabine with her 
That was season one, uh, season three. When you met her, though, for the first time, which I think is really cool. I, I love that people have that make a podcast and they've never even met before. I think that's so cool. <laughs> when you met each other for the first time, were you dressed as Sabine? No. Well, then it doesn't count. Sorry. Your, well- <laughs> your memory does not count. <laughs> you guys met the next morning. <laughs> no. Uh, actually, the first time we met, we were just in Star Wars Geek Girl clothes, like uh, our shirts, and we ran into the street and hugged each other in the middle of the street. <laughs> well, that sounds safe. Yeah, they were staying at the hotel and they were like, well, we can walk over to where you guys are and okay, well, we'll walk this way and meet you halfway. So we're walking along the darkened Florida streets and they're walking from their darkened Florida hotel and, you know, we're like, that's probably them. There's three or four little shadows coming this way and then the two little ones start running and running and running and they run to the middle of the street and like hug each other and we're like, it's great. Now get out of the street. Like just slide along to the side now. (laughs) Um, you were probably holding up my Uber at the time, so I'm, I'm very annoyed. <laughs> yeah, so being able to uh, costume with her was pretty pretty fun. And um, her sister does a ketsu, and then we had Ezra and Hera and Kanan. That was really, really cool. Liz, what's your highlight? Uh, to be honest with you, it's kind of hard. I mean, the events that we have done, um, all the places we have uh, visited, um, no just... Um, you know, hospitals, we visit um, libraries, Bobiani, all kinds of events, and, and just, the kids are just amazing. Um, I did, a, I think it was Paul Biani, one of the libraries over here, and it turns, it's, it's pretty much, it's, it's a huge event, it's crazy. Uh, and uh, Like, they had Billy D there, dude, it was yeah, a con. Yeah, it's a crazy, it's a con. <laughs> it's in a library, and everything's free, you know, super, super cool, and so, I don't know what it is, alright? I like to be at the table. No, normally, I like sit at the Saber Girl table and I just like blow balloons for the kids. So I literally go to Walmart like the day before and I buy like 10 bags of 100 balloons each bag and like I just like blowing balloons for the kids. So that's probably my highlight. Yeah, that and meeting Vanessa. Vanessa, she's such a beautiful person. You know, Vanessa Marshall, she's very nice. Esteem Bloom, very, very, I mean, all those people are really, really nice. They've all been very nice to us. Well, you've earned it, Sal. Don't you think? I mean, anybody can put on a costume, right? You know? Yeah, apparently not. (laughs) Apparently not. There is, and I think everyone can agree, one benefit to the show ending for you guys. What would that be? The haircuts. (laughs) If you're going to continue, now let's like... Like Kanan, he had that short back and sides. Ezra, he had a a buzz cut by the end, and I, I much prefer your uh, your Southern California flop haircut, <laughs> Axel. That's what I would have loved to have uh, at that age. And Lizzie, in the last scene with Sabine, she's almost got like Ezra's. She's like got Ezra's new bad haircut. She's got that. So you guys all dodge bullets with this ending on season four because... I don't know about that. Ezra was the first one to get a haircut, much like the Jason Newstead of Metallica. <laughs> so I remember when that dropped and he was like, I quit. I quit. I'm done. Why? Why did he cut his hair? He looks like a hobo. I was just entertaining that he was using like 40 slang. Um, so 
he didn't cut his hair. We were like, dude, just slick it back. It'll be fine. And until, of course, then Kanan got a haircut. Now, remember all those people that are like, hey, dude, you helped me do a Kanan. I got a lot of messages that week of like, are you going to cut your hair? We're all doing it. <laughs> there was like 10 messages of like, we're all doing it. And then there was like another 10 of like, oh, finally, he cut his hair. Like now we can do Kanan because like there's a there's a whole Kanan group out there that didn't want to grow their hair. So where we're at, Kanan, he's donezo. Hera's like got a little Jason and uh, they make it past Return of the Jedi. And then you've got Ahsoka coming back after Return of the Jedi, which I was like, wow. Also, again, as I, as I said, they're impressed that they did something that I on paper should absolutely hate. And I was like... Very caught up in it. And there's there's something about that staff sound effect. I've watched the episode like twice. And I don't know. There's something there's something about that sound effect. I don't know what it is if it's such a poignant moment, but that staff tapping is it's really resonated me with this Sal. It's really, really cool. But you know what I just found out today? I saw uh I think it was Joel Aaron on Twitter, and he was like, for the last ten shots, which is basically that scene, he's like, I rendered the like backgrounds like i gave them like a depth of feel and the backgrounds are out of focus so that you're drawn into the characters more oh. and he's like i think that helped like make it like a, such a much more emotional thing so for all of those shots that you're talking about if you watch it like everything's kind of bl- like it's like much more like a real camera shot than like the usual well just those last three episodes though like the cinematography was amazing like some yeah. of the visuals like just even when that the cargo ship or whatever is like when they're coming into Lothal mm-hmm. going past the Star mm-hmm. Destroyers and the, the space whales, like, like some and of the music were, yeah, the music was great. So I definitely think they, um, they tried their hardest on those last three episodes. So that's where the characters are. Obviously there's going to be more Star Wars animation. Yeah. Like that's just, it's without question. And, you know, Dave Filoni's already, you know, hinted that they're, they're starting on new work. Sal, where would you like the next animation to take place? Do you want to, do you want to see this story continued? Do you want to start somewhere else? I mean, I, as much as I would love to see Sabine and Ahsoka journey, uh, the unknown regions, I think like everything kind of needs their own start. You know what I mean? Like whether or not they work their way into the story somehow. But I think, I feel like every generation of this sort of these, these series has their own characters to tell the story about. Mm. Like really, like if you look at Clone Wars, it was really about Ahsoka and, and Rex, I guess, you know, and Rebels was about this family and like, yeah, Ahsoka and Rex made their way into it, but it was really about this family. So whatever's next, like, unless it's about maybe Jason, like their story has been told. And while they can't have a part in just like Ahsoka had a part in whatever the next story is. I mean, I'm hoping we get something probably after Return of the Jedi and before uh, Force Awakens or maybe even something during the Resistance. I don't know. I you know, sometimes found Rebels to be a bit bogged down with Dave Filoni trying to wrap up like the Clone Wars and, and, and sometimes the, like the, the film cameos were a little bit like this, is, like, this isn't progressing the story. This is like just a, a bizarre cameo. But... I wouldn't like the thought of a third Ahsoka based cartoon. The only thing that interests me about it is that they'd be somewhere else 
Like if they're out searching, uh-huh. if it's those two characters that we know and then they're searching in a place that we don't know and so there's no other... Like it's just a total new world of characters and worlds and stuff. That that sort of... That interests me. Like that setup is just like the dope... Like I would watch that show, but I just imagine whatever they're going to do next, I think there's a little bit more... You know, I'm sure they would probably want to make their own characters that they could like mess around with and not have to like depend solely on Ahsoka and Sabine. Maybe. I don't know. You know, I'm not Dave Filoni. I don't have a hat. (laughs) What about you, Axel? What would you like to see happen next in a cartoon? Ahsoka and Sabine. And old man Ezra? I'm old. (laughs) What about you, Izzy? It would be cool to see just have an episode of just instantly Thrawn and Ezra wake up and they're in this weird place. I don't know. Uh, well, that's what fascinates like, me. So they, we don't know where we where they are. But they hyperspace somewhere else. Yeah, and they and, survive. And they're just stuck together in the same. Like, what do you do? Like, what do those two do? They keep fighting, <laughs> or do they go? Hey, man, we're on the other side of the galaxy now. What are we like that? It just seems like a very awkward. Like getting trapped in an elevator with like the wrong person. Like I, like I'm, I'm kind of up for a ten hour extended episode of just what do they do now? I like a ten hour of. Uh, do you talk first or do I talk first? <laughs> <laughs> talk first this time. What about you, Liz? I really don't know. I would like to see Doctor Afra. Episodes of Doctor Afra, I think, will be cool. Like pretty much like uh, Indiana Jones going and finding some treasure. Yeah. Evil so, Indiana Jones. Yeah, evil Indiana Jones. I would like to see yeah. Doctor Afra. As long as those two droids can just chill out a little bit, yeah. just <laughs> relax, yeah. and uh, that'd be great. Well, guys, thank you so much for uh, spending some time going into the the family's history <laughs> with Star Wars Rebels, and thank you also to your contribution. It's it's been really fun watching you mm-hmm. all those times from. Who's that guy? How does he know that guy? How did he get onto the list? To like, I know those guys on stage. It's very exciting. You finally discovered the secrets of the list. (laughs) (laughs) Sal, where can the good people of the internet track you down? Uh, You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Sal I Make Music. Our website is therogerebels.com. And you can hear me talk until 4 a.m., I promise, babe. <laughs> a weekly at Now This Is Podcasting on the Making Star Wars Podcast Network. What have you got to plug there, Axel? Um, TheRogueRebels.com. That's where they can find you. Oh, really? Oh, okay. TheRogueRebels.com. Lizzie? My podcast, Star Wars Geek Girl on iTunes and our Star Wars Geek Girl uh, page. And I guess the Rogue Rebels also. <laughs> you guess. You guess. guess. You got to throw that one in for Dad. And congratulations on 100 episodes. That is amazing. Yay. Now yeah. we have nothing to talk about. <laughs> oh, Any more Star Wars. Aww. There'll be other things. There'll be other <laughs> things. Worry. I hope. Oh, don't <laughs> worry. There's... There is Disney shareholders demanding that you have stuff to talk about for many decades to come. Don't worry. Don't worry. There's the fiscal reality. You will have topics to podcast about. That is the the cold truth. Liz, where can we find you? Uh, Instagram, The Rock Rebels. 
And I just, you know, I just wanted to say uh, thank you to, well, thank you for being here. Uh, and also I just, you know, thank you to um, Dave and all his team, the lighting, the music, all oh, the music was awesome. Uh, and to everybody, you know, for making this amazing story and allowing us to go along for the ride. That was amazing. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I think Ezra and us found out the true meaning of family, so. Oh, yes, we did. And may that force be with you. <laughs> hey, guys, thanks so much for listening to that really fun episode with the Perales family getting in to what Star Wars Rebels means to them. And I don't know, I sort of think that whether you loved Rebels or you didn't, you have to, I don't know, give, give, a, give a salute of appreciation for a bit of media that, that brings a family together like that because I think that is really, really cool. If you enjoyed this episode and you want to help out, you want to help spread the word, it is free and easy to hit retweet on your Twitter feed. I normally post, uh, pin the latest episode to the top of my Twitter feed. And just by spreading the word, man, it really helps. If you can get one extra listener or one extra person to test it out, then you've done your part. You have done your part. However, if you want to support the podcast financially and you want to get bonus content, uh, join us on the Steel Wars Patreon page for just $3 a month. You get access to our entire back catalogue. Normally only the last 25 full episodes up. There's a few exceptions with um, live shows and blog pods and stuff, but the majority of our full-length interviews after 25 episodes just get uh, edited down to like a 15-minute sizzle clip. And then we save the full back catalogue for the awesome people that support us each month on Patreon. And uh, yeah, for $3, you get access to all that. You get an RSS feed that contains episodes with minimal announcements and advertisements. So uh, uninterrupted listening for the most part. And you get bonus shows just this morning, we uploaded a new episode of the Robbo Report, where uh, Robbo, notorious call-in show caller, uh, I gave him his own show because I liked his ideas about Star Wars. I don't always like them, but I like talking to him about them. And uh, he's got a definite uh, point of view in Star Wars that I really like. So uh, you can listen to an hour and a half of us uh, breaking down the Star Wars Rebels whether Yoda should have ever left Dagobah um, ever in the Star Wars galaxy. Robbo's got some theories uh, pertaining to some old things he uh, had heard George Lucas say in the 80s. And uh, he's got a fair few questions about that Mendo episode as well. So uh, check that out. And I do listen to Q&As and you get the bonus section of the call-in show, all that good stuff. If you're into the podcast, you listen every week and you want to make sure it keeps going and, and get some more bonus shows, then $3 for the month. It's not bad value, you guys. And it keeps the lights on around here and the cat fed. you got to feed that cat. You just have to. 
This weekend, you maybe you have not uh, listened to it by this time, but if you're in LA, we're doing the uh, Rebels Reaction Podcast at the Scum and Villainy Cantina, Saturday afternoon, the 10th of March. And then over the Easter long weekend, we will be in Melbourne, Australia for uh, three live shows at the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, 2.30 in the afternoon, uh, Easter Friday, Easter Saturday, and Easter Monday. Although Easter Friday is called Good Friday, I believe. I should know that, really. Hot cross buns, fish and chips, all that good stuff. Thanks so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of the content. Write a sweet five-star review on iTunes, and may that force be with you. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.